Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sophie Scott, and I'm James Gill. Our mission is to make wellness accessible to everyone. We'll be chatting with our favourite people, sharing uplifting news stories, and delivering tips and tricks to bring balance to your lives. There is nothing like a dame. That was a mistake, wasn't it? I regret that. Uh, welcome to the Balance Podcast. Our guest this week, Dame Jess Ennis Hill. Um, so I will I will be I'll, I'll put my cards on the table. This interview wasn't what I was expecting. I was a sports writer for ten years, and so like everyone in in Britain, I followed Jesse's career very closely because there was this there was such promise and potential, um, and and we as a nation we hoped that she would fulfil this potential. So there was there was the heptathlon we're talking here there was the the world championships in 2009 the world championships in 2011 there'd been the injury at the 2008 olympics so so could our jess could she do it at london 2012 and build on those amazing world championship goals with olympic gold um and i almost had to check myself in case i was spoiling it for anyone it was seven years ago just to build up the drama at the end of day one, some people didn't think Jess was going to do it, including one very key pundit. Um, but we, you know, we we believed. Those of us who had seen Jess's career and knew what a fighter she was, we we, we knew it. Gosh darn it! And um, she brought the, the she brought home the gold in the most wonderful way possible. Um, and it was just it was as as we say in the in the chat. What what a career! Um, but as a, as a as a as a person, um, because when she was interviewed on television as a as a heptathlete, um, she was always very uh, she was seen incredibly nice. But obviously, um, she was always very professional. Um, and the Jess I met was she was always warm, but she was she was super warm. She was super funny. It was one of those chats that I didn't want it to end, and uh, through my sheer clumsiness. The, uh, the the our interactions didn't end, and this was my fault. Was because we, we we finished the chat, which was wonderful. And as I say, you will if you even if you just like Jess, Dame Jess, a little bit. By the end of this podcast, I at least promise. Yeah, I'm going to go for it. I promise you, you will adore Jess. Um, so warm, so funny, so insightful. Oh my gosh, just. I thought I thought the absolute world of her. Anyway, the bit where I put my foot in it, uh, I'd been drinking this uh, juice during the interview, and so uh, I said goodbye. Love to meet you. Thank you very much. And then we went our separate ways. And I thought I was just on my own on this floor where this at, at this building. 
And so I saw this bin in a in a in a room nearby in the corner of my eye. So great, I can't believe my luck. So I just barged in this room. Who who sat there in private? Dame Jess. And then I had a panic, thinking it was the women's changing room. I don't want to be trending on Twitter in the worst way imaginable. So thankfully, she found this very amusing that I, you know, got lost and poor Jess bumped into her yet again. And then I, and then I think I bumped into her at least one more time. So, we, uh, honestly. So thank you. Thank you, Jess, for being very nice and being very funny and, and good-humoured about everything. Um, but... Crucially, we were talking about um, a new app that Jess has launched, Genis, uh, a new fitness app. It's free to download, and then if you want to unlock certain bits, uh, you, you pay. Um, and it's 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 a wonderful app. It's broken up into three categories, um, and they are fitness. That's for me. Pregnancy, not for me yet, and until science changes. Postnatal beautifully designed there's lots of jess obviously um jess presenting jess doing workouts upper body and core um it's it's great it looks beautiful as well so genis i cannot recommend this app enough genis it's wonderful so if, if you're if you're like me uh the fitness bit that's for you and if perhaps if you're a mum or a new mum or you're pregnant then um there's lots there too. So, uh, and who better to launch a fitness app than Dame Jess Ennis Hill? Anyway, before we get to our chat with, uh, with with Jess Ennis, who was pure sunshine, then we have our good news section. Our good news this week comes from La Mer. So I went to an event recently with the Gill family. If, I mean, I'm sharing way too much already for a good news story. Um, but La Mer is a, a skincare brand from the Estee Lauder companies. So this sounds like sponsored content. It is not. How many times have I said that now? But it's not. But I was I, the reason why I'm, I'm telling you this is because uh, this is very impressive. So if we, the public, post online using the hashtags La Mer Blue Heart and La Mer Donation. So La Mer, my Leeds accent is not doing any favours to... La Mer. Uh, La Mer is, is spelled L-A, pause, M-E-R. I'm making it sound like it's short for nightmare. <laughs> He's had a La Mer. Um, wait for it. They will donate, for every post, they will donate $25. And now you might be folding your arms and thinking, yeah, whatever. Wait for it. Up to the value of $650,000. That's a lot, isn't it? Um, and th this is a fund that was established in, in uh, 2017. This is the Le Mer Blue Heart Oceans Fund. Uh, and so far, what did I read? It's It's gone on to help protect 16 million... Hang on, that can't be right. Yes! 16 million miles of unique marine habitats across the globe. So if you feel like, I mean, it's not even, if you want to give to charity, but you yourself don't actually want to give the money, then what better way than by getting a big company to do it instead? <laughs> oh, sometimes I do make myself laugh. If No, that is that is a lie. If you're a regular listener, you will know that I make myself laugh on a, a weekly basis. Um, and I, I, you know what? For transparency, I've made myself blush by admitting that. Anyway, 
The hashtags La Mer Blue Heart and La Mer Donation. Uh, and they, w they will donate up to the value of $650,000. And if that helps the sea, that, my friends, is good news. I should end every good news story <laughs> with the catchphrase. And that is good news. Um, and what is good news is that uh, up next is our chat with Super Dame Jess Ennis Hill. This took place in, and I'm not a cool guy, as you all know, but this took place in Adidas's very cool Brick Lane location. If you've not been, oh, it's majestic. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, I am, I'm very proud that I'm a dad, but I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a 41 year old dad. I've never, I've never been cool, even in my single twenties was absolutely not cool. However, this, this Adidas place was ooh, so cool. I, I lowered the, the cool quotients by at least five points. Anyway, without further ado, uh, the great Dame Jess Ennis Hill. Right, Jess, what, what, by the way, do I, do I say, de, do I say Dame? Yes, please. Can I? No, <laughs> you can I would say Dame. Honestly, I would love that. <laughs> Nothing will give me more pleasure than to yes, say Dame. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Uh, we've never had a we've never had a dame or a, a sir on the on the podcast. Oh! So thank you for it's my pleasure being the, the first one on there. Um, to, to start off with, um, what can you say about Janice? So I've 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 read everything I can. I think it sounds amazing. But where did where did the idea come from? Uh, so it, it was something that I was thinking about for a while when I was um, pregnant with my second child, Liv, and uh, after I had her, and it really came about. Obviously, I had two very different pregnancies. So with Reggie, um, I was going back into becoming <laughs> a full-time full <laughs> So Michael Parkins will be shitting himself. <laughs> so I'll start again. <laughs> um, yeah, so with Reggie, I was going back into you know, being a full-time athlete and, sure. you know, aiming to get back to the Olympics and very much had a clear plan of what I was doing. I had some great experts around me to advise me with the right exercises and how to do it. With Liv, I was retired and had to kind of fend for myself, essentially, and sure. work out what to do. So I obviously went back and revisited all the things that I did um, after Reggie and I thought, you know, it'd be fantastic to have all these great exercises put in the right way in a really accessible way for women to to know how to exercise during pregnancy in the right way postnatally and and you know get back into full fitness and it's not just for i sound like i'm working for qvc and, I, and I'm, I, I mean that's the dream but it's <laughs> it's not just for mums is it i mean my, my wife is a mum and god i feel passive aggressive now saying try this <laughs> try this fitness app i'm not saying that you need it but it's, it's not just for mums is it no, so there's obviously the pregnancy and the postnatal section, yes. which is for mums, um, <laughs> but the fitness section is, is, you know, it's general fitness, it's short, like quick, easy workouts, high intensity workouts, which obviously you can do as a mother, but you know, anyone who has a busy life that wants to just fit in, you know, quick circuit style workouts at home um, can do them. What's the... Has there been any feed? I know. I know. It's I know by the time this comes out, I think the app will will be out. Yes. What's the feedback been like for mums? Because I imagine some of them. I'm preempting the feedback. It will be. Wow. Thank you for. Thank you for this. How's it gone so far? Yeah, it's been such a great process. So obviously, you know, putting all the workouts together, working out what you know women kind of want to find in an app and what workouts they want to do through each stage of their pregnancy and postnatally, and chatting to my amazing physio who kind of 
put everything together. It's yeah, it's been a really good process, and I'm just yeah really excited for people to actually experience it now, and um, yeah, hopefully enjoy it and find it really helpful. Do you because a lot of people certainly the magazine at, at Balance a lot of the, we've we've written pieces about this about time poor. Mm. People feel that they've never been as time poor as they are now. And I'm guessing that's where something like Jenny's can, can come in. Because if you are time poor, you might be able to grab that 20 minutes and have a crack on the... Yeah, on I think it is so hard to find that time to fit exercising now. And exercise is so important. It gives you so much physically, mentally. Um, and, you know, I no way near have time to, you know, get changed, get in the car, go to the gym, do a session, get back in the car, come home. It's just too much time. It's like you need those workouts that you can do anywhere, you know, you can do at home, you can do in the garage, you can do wherever you've got a mat. It's just really simple, but you know that you're going to be able to work yourself really hard and push yourself to a high intensity. Um, and they're the exercises and the, the workouts that make a big difference to your fitness and, and you know, generally you physically. I know we can't do it today because it's raining outside, but can you do? Could you, could you theoretically do it in the garden if the if the weather was nice? Yeah, all you need for the fitness stuff is literally a mat or do it on the grass and some dumbbells, kettlebells, Swiss ball, and just crack on. Then most of the exercises are body weight, so we're talking all you know burpees, squat thrusts, um, planks, and ab exercises all those kind of exercises put together within seven exercises and then um different time frames there's a school of thought that with some uh heptathletes and decathletes those that never quite and i'm talking to one of the great you know one of the greatest who's ever lived but those that never quite uh achieved what they could have, could have achieved they didn't work hard they, they could have worked harder on the, the the weaker aspects how did you overcome that because was that something that you you were mindful of did you have to work that bit harder on the yeah so i mean the heptathlon it's a tough event because obviously you've got seven events to cover and you will naturally have strengths and you will have weaknesses and it's about having the balance of spending the right amount of time on your strengths so that you improve them and get better at them but also you almost have to spend more time on your weaknesses because you know once you get to a level world olympic level if you've got a weakness um it's you know your event is over you cannot yeah. have a weak event because the other girls will you know tear you apart you need to be strong across them all so it is finding that balance about covering you know each event in the right way and making sure that you you're balanced through the whole event the, the editor will love how often you use the word balance. Oh, gosh, I yeah. Can't, <laughs> can't thank you enough. Didn't even realise. Sophie, if, if there's a pay rise on the cards... Rolls off the I, No, that was... I, I can assure you that. She'll be trying to cut that into a jingle. Um, when, when did you, you realise that you were... I mean, by the way, you, as you'd have realised, this is less of an interview and more mild hero worship. But when, when, when did you realise that... Uh, or maybe it was the maybe it's people at, at school. When, when did you realise that you were on the way up with athletics well I just enjoyed athletics at school and at the start sure. it was just a hobby and I you know in the back of my mind I was thinking oh you know I have heard about world championships and olympics and it you know it'd be nice to get there but I didn't really know how good I was or what level I was at until you know probably the age of about 15 16 when I got my first Great Britain international and then I started thinking oh you know got a bit of kit maybe I could <laughs> be half decent at this event <laughs> you see the reason why my eyes nearly fell out the head then because like some people that you know some of the world greats those who win world titles and olympic titles they've they 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 probably know when they're a child but 15 16 is that that's 
relatively late to realise. Yeah, so I started athletics when I was like nine. Yeah. And yeah, if you compare it to sports like tennis, for example, you know, they, they're starting oh at the God. age of three and four. Yeah. It's really young. Um, but yeah, it, was, it wasn't until the age, yeah, teenage level, like age, when I kind of thought, actually, you know, I am enjoying this. I'm having a little bit of success. You know, potentially, could I take this, you know, to hopefully become my career? Is is it possible as as a father to two daughters and I and I don't want to <laughs> don't want to brush them into anything. Is, is there a danger of starting kids too young? That you know the whole pushy pushy parent thing. Yeah, I think it depends what sport you do. So, for example, if you are going into diving, you know, at the age of early twenties, you're probably retired in diving because it is you know you you start young and you finish young. So it, it completely depends what sport you're in. But yeah, I think it again it's. You've just got to be so careful because I, you know, I've witnessed many parents, many pushy parents on the sideline at many competitions through my career, and you know, a lot of those kids that had those parents, uh, you know, didn't continue to any kind of level. So it is about having, giving the support and helping, you know, your child and sure. supporting them, but also not kind of making it too much of a pressure cooker at a young age. The key thing is enjoy. I mean, I know you, you touched on it already, but. If you don't enjoy it, you're going to struggle, aren't you? Yeah, you you have to enjoy it, and particularly if you're you know a nine ten year old and you're not enjoying athletics from the outset, then sure. it's it's not a great place to be. But if you have that enjoyment, you you know you love your sport and you have that love for it, then you know that's a really positive place to start with. But you know, but you're never going to be that parent. You're never going to be going pass it wide. You know, it's, that's... <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Still potential, but no. I think I've witnessed it and I've seen it so many times. Um, you know, at, at competitions that I would encourage my children into sport, and I'd love them to, you know, to find some route into sport, whatever level that might be. But I will not actively, you know, push them into doing, you know, athletics, for example, because I just don't want them to no, have that pressure and for that enjoyment to be taken out of it. I want them to enjoy sport if that's what they want to do. Sure thing. Um, what, what was the what was the moment in your career that was the the turning point where you realised? I'll explain where I'm going with this already long winded question. Mm-hmm. So, Chris, I interviewed Chris Akabusi recently, and he, I think he feels that the silver in '84 was the moment where he thought, "Oh, I, I might actually be onto something mm-hmm. here." What, what 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 was it for you where you thought? Uh, well, I had my first senior um, competition, which was the Commonwealth Games in 2007, yeah. or 2006, no, 2006, yep. and that was in Melbourne, and that was my first big, like, global-ish competition, and I, I won a bronze medal, which I wasn't expected to win, and that was the first time I thought, oh, actually, you know, I've, I've stepped up to senior level, I've actually exceeded my mine and my coach's expectations, because we didn't expect me to win anything, and he was just like, go there and enjoy it. So he's um, the same. He, did, yeah, he, he felt that I was a little bit too young, I wasn't quite ready, and it was always a long-term process which he was focusing on, and he just thought that the come-off games, I wouldn't quite be there. But actually, I, you know, I picked up a medal, and that was a real key part of my career where, from that point, I just built and built and built on it. What, what do you do? Have you had to build an extension for the silverware? What, do you, <laughs> what, have, you, what have you done with them all? They are literally just... In a box, in a safe. No, no, Jeff. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so the three world goals. Yes. 
the Olympic gold, yeah. they're just, they're in a box. They're in a box, yeah. I did have them out the other day because Reggie said, oh, mummy, can I see your medals? And I was like, yes, of course you can, I'll get them out now. Um, but no, I, I just, yeah, I just, maybe one day I'll display them somewhere. But for now, I think they're fine in there, aren't they? I say this with love in my heart, you've just, and as a, a huge fan of, of athletics, you, you've, I think you've summed yourself up in the most beautiful way possible because a lot of people, let's be honest, I know I would. They'd have, you know, you'd have cases on the wall, but the fact that you've got, oh, Jess, honestly, I don't think I could. You couldn't be any higher in my estimations. That, and now you're telling me that the medals are in. You'll come round to my house, and they're all like, yeah, they're absolutely, every yeah. wall, <laughs> pictures of me everywhere. I'm there, looking at me, look me. <laughs> um, do you ever, do you ever? Um, this is such a soft question, but I, I really want to ask it. Do, do you ever pinch yourself at the nature of your career because? It was in sport. It's so it's so rare that there's such a thing as a perfect career. Mm. But in the in all in the entire history of sport, you of all people have pre- pretty much achieved that. Do you, do you ever look back and think, bloody hell, you know? Yeah, I don't think it was until I retired, really. So when I I sure. think when you're in the thick of your career, you're always you're happy with your wins and your medals, but then you're like on to the next. What's next year? What have I got to do? Keep going forward. But when I actually retired, that was probably the first moment that I, you know, just stopped and I had that opportunity to just like cast my mind back and look back at my career and what I'd achieved. And yeah, I do definitely have to pinch myself and think, wow, like I can't believe it all happened and it all came together at the most like pivotal moments in my career. And uh, I was able to, you know, be on top of the world for, yeah, for quite a decent time. It's unreal, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um, yeah, amazing. Because I think of, you know, I could, I could take any sporting great and I, I, most of the people I'm thinking of would think, if I pick someone like Jack Nicholas, who, you know, arguably the greatest golfer of all time, but even with Jack, you, you it's hard not to think, God, all the times he came second and he could have won even more majors and you sort of puff out your cheeks. But with you, I, I, I wouldn't, there's nothing that you would change. It was, it was, it was Hollywood-esque, wasn't it? Really? Yeah, the, I mean, the toughest time in my career that I'd ever experienced was my injury in 2008. And, you know, I probably actually wouldn't change that period. At the time, I would have. Of course. Because I, you know, I missed my first Olympics. I was, you know, hopefully going to go there and win a medal and things were going great. But actually, I think I needed that period in my life to, to step back and to think, oh, do you know what? You're in an amazing position. Let's just appreciate what you've got and let's move forward and then I was able to go on and achieve more than I ever could really imagine so yeah although I think every journey every sportsman or sportswoman's journey through their career is a bit up and down I think things do happen for a reason and you take strength from from failures or you know things that don't perhaps go the way you wanted them to because in a way and, I, and, I, and again you probably only realize this after you retired it sounds ridiculous but missing 08 dare I say, it was, like, it was like the best thing that could have happened in that it, yeah. it almost proved the springboard, you know, there's the gold in 09, the gold in 11, and then obviously 2012, and you, mm. I, I wonder that had, had you been there at 08, that other stuff may not have... Yeah, I don't think it would have because it just allowed me to appreciate what I'd achieved up until that point and put things in perspective and also learn how to train the right way so that year I'd just graduated from uni it was going into Olympic year me and my coach were like right we're going hard we're going to change everything let's push 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 and I got injured so it was really a massive lesson learned about let's not change things let's just do what we normally do year upon year because it works and then actually having that period out which was devastating at the time I you know I came back to win in 09 and 
Barcelona 2010 and then got my medal yeah, back yeah. in 2011 yeah. and then 2012 and it was just uh, it just rolled on and it was an incredible like the most successful part of my career after that point do, do you are you are you uh, mindful of what an inspiration you are in the the, the be I'll try not to cry getting through this but <laughs> People in life go through tough times. Obviously, what you went through in 08, and then to be living, to be the living embodiment that you can, you get through tough stuff. Whew, you, get, <laughs> you get through tough stuff in life, and then have your greatest ever moment. What you mean to people is, is special, isn't it? I think, yeah. No, I think it's like when Whitney I Houston. Think when you're in, you don't realise, but you, um, yeah, I feel really privileged to have, you know, had that journey that I've had, and. Um, yeah, it just makes you really thankful and appreciative of, of what you've actually achieved and hopefully how it's had an impact on others. Now, even what happened at uh, <laughs> what even happened at 2012, because obviously at the end of day one, I never had any doubts. But obviously, <laughs> but some, you know, th- there was doubt out there. Mm. Did you did you on that evening? Were there ever any moments where you did you always did you always know that that, that day two would. No, no, because it's it's that event and you've got seven events to go through. And I've done competitions before as a junior where I've been leading the first day and I've been like, yes, I'm on for a medal. And then the second day, something awful's happened and I've dropped down to like sixth or eighth position. You know, you, you just know that anything can happen. With- Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In that event and you cannot... You can't be complacent. You can't think that you've got it and it's it's done, job done, until you've literally crossed that line after the 800. So the whole way through the second day, I no, I just didn't let myself think about the medal or any medal until I got through those last three events. This is so good to hear. So 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 you're in order to. For, I'm trying to think for our listeners here. So in life, you must never think. I've got this in the bag until it's until it's in the bag. Yeah, I think it's very easy to jump forward, isn't it? Until you know to the end result. And totally. It, it, you know, your mind just wants to go there, and you want to picture yourself on the podium with your medal, waving to the crowd. <laughs> you know, you want to you want to be there, but actually, 
I think it's just knowing that there's a process and within the heptathlon, the process is get through those seven events and you've got to take, my coach would say, take one event at a time. And, you know, even if you're winning, everything's going great, you're feeling in great shape, you've still got another event to go. You can still do three no jumps. You can still, you know, it can still go very wrong. And until you've finished and crossed the line, even when I crossed the line, actually, I remember going through like the mix zone, doing all the media and... Yeah one of the officials was walking up to congratulate me and I thought he was coming up to say, you disqualified. It's just, you never fully, like I couldn't actually believe that I'd done it and it was done. And I could, you know, focus on thinking about being on the podium. It just didn't feel real. So what, what things are you putting in place to ensure you don't get carried away? Is it, is it just one event at a time or is it, is it more than that in terms of the psychology it is hard because you know I particularly after the long jump my long jump had been awful all mm-hmm. year and in our training camp it was just terrible we had to have like a crisis meeting because everyone was like a long jump terrible and I was just so nervous about that event so when I actually did it and I, ju- I think I jumped 648 and I knew that was a good jump and that was enough and I was so excited there's loads of pictures of me like fist pump in the air which I never really do no, that's right. and I was just so like so pumped and then, yeah, I, I kind of had those little flickers in my mind thinking, oh, I've done it, I've done it. And I just wanted to like smile and just get all excited. But then you have to tell yourself, stop, stop, sure. don't get carried away. And, you know, my team around me wouldn't let me get too excited. I remember seeing my, my sports therapist and I just saw him in the corridor after I'd come off after the long jump. And I was just like, ooh. And he was like, okay, okay, just calm down. I was like, okay, we're not there yet. Let's just focus on the next event. <laughs> well, well, that takes me to the one thing I really wanted to talk about was um, where on earth your your calmness, your grace, your poise. Because when I think of you, if, you, if you're going to assemble like the perfect sports person from, from history, I don't think there's anyone with a, with a cooler, calmer head on their shoulders ever. Where on earth does that come from? Um, I think a lot of it comes through experience, so having completely different championships and learning, taking different things from different events that I did, I think I think a massive part has been the people around me, so having that stability with my coach, who coached me through the whole of my career, and he was very much, you know, he would never let me get carried away or get overexcited, he'd be like, okay, you've just, you know, won the Olympics, but you know, you've not broken the world record, so yeah. drag you back down. Yeah, like, yeah. okay, can we celebrate for just <laughs> five minutes? And he'd be on to the next thing constantly. So I think having people like that around me definitely made me very calm and measured in what I did and, yeah, not ever get too over the top with with what I'd succeeded with. Because you ne- never ever in your career, and even now after um, retiring, you, ne- you were never... You never hyped yourself up, you never talked yourself up. You always let the deeds speak for themselves, didn't you? Yeah, I think when you're an athlete there, I think that's just the best way to do it. You just, I just always wanted people to, you know, firstly, when I retired, I wanted people to always remember me for my performances on the track and what I'd achieved and for that to speak volumes. And yeah, I think if you do that, then no one can argue it, can they? It's it's there, you've done it. It's, it's, yeah, it's it's done. Do you, I think I know the answer to this. I take it you don't miss the competition? 
No, I do enjoy watching. I do still get really? a buzz. Yeah, I love watching the heptathlon because, you know, quite a few of the girls that I've competed with are still competing and there's younger British athletes coming through like Kat and Neve, and I, I do enjoy watching them because I know how they feel and yep. I know that adrenaline is just... It's like no other feeling. But at the same time, I know the process. I know what it takes to get to that point. I know the sacrifices that are made. And I feel quite happy to be sat in the commentary box and just talking about <laughs> them and not having to actually do the whole event. One thing I wanted to thank you for is, you, you, and again, you may not be aware that you did this, but I think you played such a key role in changing the British mindset. So when, I mean, I'm 41, so I'm old enough to, you don't look it, thanks Jess. But you know, but you, <laughs> But back in the back in the eighties and nineties, mm. we British and certainly the English, we would celebrate the underachievers. We'd celebrate those who didn't quite make it. Whereas you were at the vanguard of people who were were clearly down to earth. Were, were never you never got carried away. But yet you you were a winner. Mm. Um, how does it feel to have to have changed that? Because I think sport in Britain has done a full one eighty. Yeah, I think the Olympics was a massive part of yeah. that. I think having a home Olympics, you know, there was all the, the worry and the stress and, oh, we're spending so much money and the traffic's going to be terrible. And everyone was pretty worried about That's how it true. was actually going to yeah. unfold. That's right. But then as soon as it started, and, you know, I was very much in a bubble, you know, within the team, within the village, and, you know, had little snippets of what was happening, you know, outside the Olympic village. And we'd see the massive, like, crowds just swarming into the stadium. And it was such a buzz. Like, the whole country just got behind all the British athletes. And, you know, stepping out into that stadium and hearing the crowd, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. You know, I couldn't even hear my name being announced. It was just such a roar. And that was for, you know, my first event, which was at, like, half past nine in the morning. We never had full crowds like that at that time of the morning for the heptathlon and it was just unbelievable and I think because we got behind all our British athletes as a nation yeah. we had such success and there were so many great stories that came from it and there were so many great role models and yeah something that you know started off being oh a bit of doom and gloom we're wasting so much money was actually one of the best things you know that happened for the country such a british thing isn't it yeah <laughs> so it is but it so made it so much sweeter when it you know so it was true. successful i just i don't know i just wish especially in the age of social media you do wish that there was just a bit more positivity sometimes rather than because people it's just so easy to be cynical right you know the, the brian moore the former rugby player told a story that um an old school teacher of his had, had said you can either be the, you can either be a cynic or you can be the sort of person who tries and make sure that you pick mm -hmm. the the right side. I, 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 I don't about you. I just I always wish we as British people would encourage the triers rather than being so quick to. Yeah, I, I think it surrounds every. If you're talking about in a sporting context, every major championships, whether it be football, Olympics, so there's always you know an element of like worry and this is going to happen this is not going to be right that it's not going to be finished and you know as an athlete going into a competition you almost have to just block it out and think this is normal this is what's going to happen this is what's going to be in the news but then once it starts everyone forgets it and it's you know the the spectacle is is incredible and there's some amazing performances that come from it do you, do you just put your blinkers on to that then or do you are you um not guilty but is it, do, do you hear the, the the negative stuff or are you able to 
Uh, I think it's hard not to hear everything because especially like the way we live now sure. you can't avoid everything and it's almost worse now than it was in 2012 we obviously had twitter and everything and i'd just switch off from it i wouldn't even look at my phone going into the competition i'd just switch off because there's so many distractions whereas now it's even worse oh, it's and crazy isn't it yeah you, you almost as a sports person you almost have to be on instagram and twitter and, and constantly you know, putting your stories on and, and promoting yourself. Yeah. But then at the same time, you need to switch off from it because it's a massive distraction. It's, it's a really hard, hard part of life now as a, as a sports person, I think. Even since you to step away from all of that, but do you quite enjoy it? Social media. That's the reason why I say that is because yeah. I, talk, I talk a great game. I could delete all those apps and then <laughs> an hour later. Oh God. Yeah, you know. no, I, me and my husband at home, you know, in an evening when the kids are in bed, we're all so bad. We're just checking stuff on our phone and looking at other people's lives and you're just flicking through and it's like, what am I doing? What am I doing? Let's actually just talk and put our phone away. But it is, you know, it is part of our life sure. and it is... You know, it is hard because it is quite addictive, but it's understanding that you do have to separate yourself a little bit because it's not always that healthy. Well, I mean, the, the, the British sports fans have always had such a special relationship with athletics. Mm. You, you, know, you know, you and I could name a long list of all the, the beloved British athletes, and, you know, you're obviously right up there. My concern as an athletics fan is that a lot of... Again, it's something Akabusi talks about is... Mm. Because football pays so well, a lot of the kids are going for, are pursuing football, and mm. the and the loss is it's athletics loss. What what can we do to to bring through, to, to usher through a, a new wave of, I know, you know, there's, there's so many Jesses, but you know, the new wave of people that could uh, win more goals in the future. Yeah, it's definitely to do with role models and having those right people that are inspiring young you know, kids to get into athletics in the first place. But I think once you're in there, we have to be able to promote our sport in a great way. We have to have more, you know, diamond leagues or championships televised on, on the main channels. It needs to be more visible. Um, and that brings the crowds into the stadiums, that brings bigger crowds to national championships. And it, it just grows and that's the way it's um it's gonna hopefully attract more young kids to to want to become elite athletes because if there's any for, for any parents listening or any kids listening there is no and i, I mean i never competed obviously but i attended a heck of a lot of events mm. there's no buzz quite like i mean i live near the crystal palace i mean I, you know and it's not what it was obviously but yeah. there's no buzz like a, a live athletics yeah event, is there? yeah and i think you know i remember i obviously grew up in sheffield and my first experience oh, of athletics was going to Don Valley yeah. Stadium and obviously it's no longer there but it was such a such an inspiring moment for me just walking into a stadium like that because I'd never been in a stadium and that inspired me in itself so it's about having these amazing venues but also getting the crowds in to support totally. athletes because that makes the biggest difference the reason why I smiled when you said Don Valley so I'm, I'm from Leeds are you and when I was a when I was a kid I thought that uh Don Valley had been named after a guy called Donald, oh, Donald bless Valley. You. When I say kid, I mean I was, I was old enough you to You were know. 25. Yeah, yeah, I mean, not far off. Um, so so my, my oldest is, is nearly four, so she's nearly at an age where she can appreciate Evie's magic bracelet. Yes, yeah. Now, may I ask, and I, now I know that's, that's based on you, what, 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 what was the thought there? Because Evie's a, sh a shy girl in the books. Mm. 
but we wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily know that about you. What, were, you were you quite shy growing up then? Yeah, massively. I was. I think when you're a young girl, anyway, you you know you can be quite insecure in in your own body and who you are. But I was. Yeah, I was very shy and you know experienced a bit of bullying at school and wasn't quite as confident as I wanted to be and finding my route into sport gave me a huge amount of confidence because I was good at it and I enjoyed it and yeah it changed like my perception on everything so it was it was great to do the books because I was able to kind of revisit you know what I was like as a child the experiences I had um, incorporate my childhood friends into the books and um, yeah it was just a really nice way to to kind of bring back my memories but put it into that form that also you know my children can hopefully enjoy as well how were you how how were you getting bullied at school just because I was so small and skinny and I mean kids are horrible aren't they and um I yeah I was just really small and and a bit scrawny and um yeah I got picked on a bit does that does that when you're when you're training does that was it Steve Prefontaine there's a school of thought that because he was Germanic he got picked on as a kid and and Mm in one of the movies about his life that played a part in the ten- in the tenacity is, is it so, is there something in there yeah i think at the time i was just you know this is kind of just school life and kind of got on with it but as i look back at it as you know as an adult you know it's it's quite it's quite a tough time and you know you're changing you're developing so much at that age and to have people just kind of like pushing you down a bit kind of I was just really fortunate to have been able to channel that into something else and put it into sport where I could find like a new wave of confidence and um, yeah, focus on that and not worry about, you know, those girls at school. Do you speak to school kids now then? Um, I have done a few like talks at sports days and things like that and um, spoken about my journey through sport and how I got to to the point that I got to so which that's, is nice but that's life cha- I mean that for those kids that's life cha- I mean I wish I was seven years old listening to this because <laughs> I, I think mean, that's the nice thing though I think it's nice that um whenever I do talk to children they have this perception that oh you're just an amazing athlete from day dot and you start winning medals actually no it takes a number of years I've had probably a lot of similar experiences that you're having now as a teenager at school and it's about if you have a talent and something you know, you can focus your energy into, then why not do it? Because you could achieve something quite incredible if you do. Is that, so that's where the, the, the fire in the belly must come from. I, I know that you're not, I don't think that you're fired because I've never <laughs> ever seen it. You know what I mean, you know. Um, but that's probably where that, that, was, that maybe comes from. Yeah, I think all those experiences shape you massively. It's such an important stage of your life and they have a massive impact on who you, you know, ultimately become. And so I know I need to wrap up and as you can imagine I could happily have uh, kept this going for about a week um, are you are you able I ask this on behalf of the nation are you able now to put your feet up and have that bowl of Maltesers and the can of pop or or, <laughs> or is that st- all that st- stuff um, no I probably shouldn't because I don't train to the level that I used to and I don't burn all them calories you know I was training twice a day six days a week um, and I absolutely don't do that now but yeah I love having time just chilling I've spent years of training so it's you know it's nice to switch off I do enjoy chocolate I still exercise but yeah a bit of chill time's good how often do you train now then so I try and fit in three sessions a week Three a week. Yeah, that is it. Yeah. I will shamelessly. There's nothing worse than a podcast host who makes it about themselves. But <laughs> strapping for this, as someone who knows he needs to up his 
training. Mm. How can I use Jenny's to pull my finger out more? But you just need to start on the fitness workout. So just give them a go. It's literally 20 minutes. And just, yeah, if you get into a rhythm of it, you will build your fitness up pretty quickly. So what does a fitness routine entail? So does, it, does it involve sitting down and watching Netflix? Yeah, 20, <laughs> 20 minutes of that, you're done. <laughs> That's all in the fitness part of the app. <laughs> What, uh, so the fitness thing, and the, this would be a great way for me to have a heart attack to the Jenny app. <laughs> so how, how would that get, get the ball moving for me then? The, yeah, so they're, they're basically, they're broken down into each level. So obviously you can start on the beginners and if you oh, want a different <laughs> intermediate. <laughs> but they're broken down into, you know, to, into four sets of workouts and each set has seven exercises. So it's not a lot. And you're working for, you know, 25, 30 seconds, which is not a long time. Um, so you push yourself pretty hard, short recovery, go again to the next exercise, and you do four sets of that. So it's relatively simple. Thank you. For you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you'll be, you'll be totally buzzing after it. So you've got to try it. Would you, by the way, would you, I've done, I've done a Columbo here. I've said I'm going to ask one more question and I've asked about five more. Um, would you do another, another book? So what, what I'm getting at there is, so Sir Alex Ferguson wrote two books which were good, but then he wrote a book about leadership, which I think is the best thing he's ever done. Mm-hmm. Would you ever write a, a, like a personal development? It's not something I've actually thought about. sound like your agent, yeah. don't <laughs> Maybe we should. <laughs> um, it's not something I've thought about. Obviously, after having kids, doing children's books was something that really totally. appealed to me and I was so excited to do it so by the way I'm, I, I could not be more all over those once, they, once the oldest is, is old enough oh yeah mm. I hope they enjoy them but yeah they, that was really really good fun to do but yeah I've never really thought about um, a leadership book but, well you know to me or an excellence yeah. book or a you know well, maybe I should let me just jot these ideas I will, I, I, I've, I've, I've actually worked out the chapters <laughs> <laughs> but with you because it was I don't know because you there was obviously a plan in place, wasn't there? But I just, I, I think, just, I think you have. There's so much that we could all, and I could certainly, but we could all learn from you in terms of how you had that plan. Uh, it was always with Tony. It was, it, there were always steps in place, weren't there, to mm. achieving that end goal of the three worlds and the Olympics. Nothing happened by. It's not you didn't have the career where you're just letting things happen by chance. It was, no. it was wonderfully meticulous wasn't it yeah I think that's why I was able to be so successful because Tony did you know it wasn't about having a short-term plan and you know training me incredibly hard for the first three years of of that career it was about he was always focused on the long-term plan and even though that frustrated me massively because he was like five years time you know you'll probably win a gold medal I was like five years time like let's start winning medals now but actually you know that was the best thing he did he gradually developed me as an athlete and got me strong and you know able to physically cope with all those events and then we got the Olympics and I you know I peaked at the most perfect time in my career and that is thankful to you know having a long-term very good quality plan if my wife is listening I I will lose the weight but it it will be in five years time (laughs) Uh, I I cannot as you can tell I cannot thank you enough and it's been such an honor to to meet you so just thanks for everything oh thank you very much thanks Jess how about that Dame Jess Ennis Hill and I'm not tell me I'm tell me I'm wrong Tell me I'm wrong. That wasn't what you were expecting. I mean, just wonderful. Wonderful. Um, sounds like a... Anyway, I mean that as, a, as an enormous 
compliment. Um, fantastic. I think I guess that's true of quite a few sports people that you know if you're while you're in the thick of um, elite level competition, then you you know you probably do need to be a certain way. Um, and then once you retire, I mean, look at Paul Scholes. I mean, I'm really I'm waffling here. Paul Scholes barely spoke as a professional footballer. And then since becoming a pundit, my God, I mean, it's like strap in. I can't wait to hear what he says next. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's a better explanation as to what I was waffling on about up top. But, you, you know, you know what I mean? We're friends by now. This is We're, we're 18 episodes into this. Sweet mama. Um, so you know which bit's next. For sales... Really, I mean, I should pre-record. I should just pre-record this bit, and then we just do the same. I just press a button, and it just goes, "Sales at balance.media." No, no, that won't be the same. I, I that would be a disservice. Uh, so for sales, drop the sales team a line. Sales at balance.media, and to drop me a line, podcast at balance.media. Please, by the way, leave us a five star a five star review and uh, a little write up. That would be lovely. If you're not enjoying it, just, I mean, just, maybe just keep that to yourself. So I run, I run a gig in, I run a comedy night in Kennington. And that's my, that my, I don't really, I've not said it for a while actually. My catchphrase used to be, if you've enjoyed the night, tell your friends. If you haven't enjoyed it, just keep it to yourself. Um, maybe, I should, maybe I've retired at the comedy night, I should bring it in here. Um, anyway, thank you, thank you as always. Um, that, that was, I mean, she was, what a blast, hey? Um, then Jess Ennis Hill. Anyway. Back next week. Thank you as always. We, the whole balance team, well, so they tell me, the, <laughs> the whole balance team love the, the this whole podcast. So, uh, you know, they, they, they love everything about it. They love, they love that you guys are listening. And uh, I mean, I, I should have wrapped this up about 30 seconds ago. Um, anyway, thank you very much. Uh, take care. Bye bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.